Hello and welcome to the Invent With Me podcast, where each week we guide aspiring inventors and product creators to turn their innovative ideas into reality. Get ready to learn valuable tips, insights, and success stories from a couple guys roughing it in the field of inventing so that you can make your mark in the world. Believe me, if we could do it, so can you. We are your hosts. I am Grant, inventor of Torque Strap, a revolutionary spring-loaded cargo strap used around the globe. A strap so easy to use, you just pull. And I am Marcus. I invented Quick Tie Down Anchors, which is a super simple anchoring system for docks, decks, trailers, and more that allows you to use the gap between the boards. Very nice, Marcus. Yeah. So what do you say? Should we give them the insider info today? I cannot wait to share everything we know with everybody out there. I agree. Yeah. Hey, man. Super excited. Episode one, yep. the Invent With Me podcast. How about that? This is fun, right? You know, and I think if it's the uh, the first podcast, we should kind of start with the first thing you would do when you're inventing. And that's, you have an idea. So what now? What to do next? The yeah. million dollar question. Um, there's a lot of ideas out there. Everybody has ideas. Um, people think ideas are worth a lot. Um, sometimes they're not. Sometimes it's more the actions than the ideas. But yeah, I mean... What what do you do when when you have an idea or a good one? Yeah, so you know everybody everybody has an idea of something somewhere you've come along and you've you've either used a product and you're like oh man I have a better way to do this or you come up with something super novel. The first thing I would say is to write that idea down, and then now with the internet, I mean, there's literally in five minutes you can jump on like a Google or a Google Images, you can check to see if your idea exists. Or if there's a market for your idea, something like your idea exists, and just start doing the research. So I would what say, if, what if it exists? Um, if your exact idea exists, that shouldn't deter you from either looking for a way to make it better, or to at least continue moving forward with deeper research into what it is that already exists. Because, like with an idea, there's there's inventions and there's innovations, and honestly, yeah. I think pretty much everything is an innovation. I, you could argue that if a caveman carved a stone into a wheel, he just innovated a rock, right? Sure. So, like, if you find stuff similar to yeah. what you're thinking, don't think, oh, crap, because I know I've done that a hundred times. Eh. And it's almost like an excuse to get out of doing the it work. It is. Yeah. But maybe look at it more in a frame of what are they doing wrong or what did they miss the target? Or what are they doing right? Because the, the one nice thing is if something exists or something like it exists, then you know there's a market for it. Right. You, you, you already know there's a market for it, rather. Sure. Yeah. So what uh, when you developed Quick Tie Down Anchor, yeah. what was out there that maybe made you think, eh, it's our, eh I think somebody's already looking into this? Um, yeah, I was pretty lucky with mine because... I don't want to say I don't have any competition. There's always plenty of competition. But the exact thing that I was inventing, that at least I was starting to prototype, there wasn't anything like it. And there were, uh, for me, mine is a stainless steel product. It has to be strong enough that obviously it can handle a cargo load. And it was had to be thin enough to go between the boards in like a dock deck or trailer. When I started doing my market research, I found a lot of other tie-down uh, anchor-based products, but they were all screw it down. You had to like it was track systems or D rings or uh, even they. There's a product and it's really it's cool. I own it for totally different reasons. It's like a rubber, a piece of hard rubber uh, tubing. 
it has a piece of webbing that goes through it and you trap it in your door, your car door. Oh yeah. So if you wanted to tie something to a roof rack, but you didn't have a tie down point, you kind of smush it in there. And that was a really good starting point for me because it, it, I I didn't want to try to mimic that one, but it gave me an an idea of the materials that I wanted to start working with. Did you assume that that product had a patent already and that it would probably void whatever you thought of because you know they've already got the idea they've already got the concept of wedge and anchor between something or under something right did that deter you you know what that's that's a good point um it didn't and it, it didn't i don't think because i didn't know enough for it too and when I started to learn more about patents and people's intellectual rights and things, and that's we'll, we'll talk more about that on future podcasts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's a whole world. But um, the more I learned about it, it didn't change my opinion on still moving forward with something, being afraid of something or somebody having a patent. Because um, if you look out there, how many products are, you know, there are 10 different versions of products, even though somebody may have a patent on one of those, it doesn't mean that you can't create variations of that. It doesn't mean that yours isn't going to be different enough. And a patent is so far down the road compared to just starting to work that idea that don't let that deter you. Okay. So you thought of an idea, you got on Google, you found some overlap, some parallel thinking, but maybe you found a, a, a little window of opportunity. Yep. In my opinion, correct me if I'm wrong, What's next is Google patents. Uh, It was for, you know, I would say because I didn't have something that was super similar to anything, I was, I still wasn't really looking for a patent on until I got to the point where I was starting to look into patents, if that makes sense. No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Super clear-ish. There was a, I did, I had a lot of homework to do before I was super, you know, super into checking patents. You're, you're absolutely right. Google patents is a great, and if you, if you at all think you want to start that research and you don't want to put in time until you're for sure somebody else doesn't have the exclusive rights to your idea, then Google Patents is a great, or USPTO, United States sure. Patent Trade Organization. Both of those websites, Google Patents is an easy one. You can look it up. You can start looking that stuff. But what did you do? I mean, you have a strap. Yours was based, mine was based out of a need of wanting to do something better that didn't exist. Yours was based out of um, almost like an accident, right? Yeah, I developed Torque Strap because there was basically bungee cords when it comes to strapping down cargo there's basically bungee cords and there's ratchet straps yeah. bungee cords are dangerous ratchet straps are hard to use fill in the blank i saw a gap in the market i say that very casually now but back then i was so ignorant i was so stupid to the world of inventing i honestly googled can i buy a strap from home depot butcher it and resell it yeah because i didn't know where to source materials i'm like i I had no idea the rules based around intellectual property uh resale your right to sell something i i I guess i assumed can i rip the husky tag off of this thing build it a different way and then resell it for more money you know because i wasn't thinking massive scale manufacturing so that's how ignorant I was. And to get back to your question, what did I do? The next thing I did when I realized kind of how that stuff worked, okay, I need to, I need to private label what I'm doing. I need to source for manufacturers the proper way. I did go to Google patents and I found a lot of intellectual property, very similar to Mm -hmm. what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. And that was a dagger in the side, but as I kept pushing on and pushing on, I started to look closer at other products. I'm like, wait, He's overlapping him. 
and he's been overlapping him for 15 years, and these two are exactly the same. So I started to learn more about how these patents work Mm -hmm. and how long they last, which Mm -hmm. is 20 years. And uh, arguability of of whether or not they're similar enough Mm -hmm. to overlap or whether it's, forget the term, non-original ideas. And uh, so as I started to uncover that world, I gained the confidence to say, hey, you know what? You're small enough. Just try this crap. Yeah. No one's suing a guy with 50 bucks in the bank account. Right. So capitalize on that. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's a good, you brought up two good points and that's when people are starting to research their idea. You said you found a gap in the market. So when you start your search and you're looking online and, uh, you know, maybe your product is similar to another one, you could also wield it into there's, there's two products, this one and this one, and there's a perfect little missing link right there in the middle that would be perfect for your idea. Mm-hmm. So, so don't let seeing something that you have deter you because that might just jump this, jumpstart the second idea to get you into that next level or that middle, that kind of middle space. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Anytime you say I hate or I can't stand, you're identifying a gap in the market. Yeah. And there is a spot to fill. Some spots are better than others. Mm-hmm. Some spots are dead ends. Um, I once mentioned, you know, like if I hate the sound of my truck tires on the road, yeah, that just stop yourself there. That's a dead end. Yeah. They, there are tire and automobile engineers that are going to blow you out of the water. And if it could be quieter, it already would. Right. Is there room for more? Yeah. But you got to leave that to to the to who are uh, better positioned to fix that issue. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we're not all super geniuses and everything, right? Yeah. <laughs> You know, good point. Are you an engineer by educational background? I am not. I have a degree in consumer economics, huh. which has nothing to do whatsoever with uh, coming up with a, an idea and bringing it to market. No, it doesn't. I mean, I wouldn't <laughs> know what you would do as a consumer economicist, but uh, congrats on yeah, that. Yeah, thanks. And, and same here. I'm not educated formally in any mm-hmm. sense with no engineering background, whatever. I pretty much have a high school education and the rest was just uh, doing my thing as a blue collar worker. And that's something important to drive home. If you have an idea and you have imposter syndrome mm. because you're not cut out for that, believe me, if we could do it, so can you. And it's it, it's something anybody can Really, it's persistence. Yep. And it costs nothing to be persistent. Yeah. There's no level of education required for persistence. Yeah. That's the awesome thing about it. And that's that's how I got where I am. And I know it's how you got where you are. Well, and that that's a perfect lead in to kind of what I think is, is a next step. Uh, you know, after you've done your market research, let's say you've come up with, you're like, okay, I like my idea enough. I've talked to a few people. They said, yeah, we would probably use that. Then let's talk about maybe creating a very simple prototype, right? Do you, do you have to be, do you have to go spend thousands of dollars to do a prototype? No. Okay. For me, I bought a sewing machine for 200 bucks yeah, and I had about 10 prototypes at the end of that month. So for, for $200 sewing machine and my time, I was able to, to whip up prototypes. And I think you were kind of the same. Didn't you buy a welder and start doing a little chop shop in the garage? That was, that was when I, I started to get, that was like my fifth or sixth uh, prototype I got there, but I mean, I am such a huge believer in starting as cheap as, as you can and start as, as dumbed down as you can. Cause people think, oh man, I don't have $10,000 to, to go pay somebody to make a prototype. I went down to I have Home Depot or Lowe's and I bought a washer 
and some nylon cord. And my first prototype was like $3. Mm-hmm. It was literally a washer with, uh, I made a knot, I put a loop through it. And what I wanted to solve was using that gap between the trailers, mm-hmm. uh, between the trailer uh, boards. So what I would do is I would reach underneath, I would stick that loop up through, the washer would stop it from coming between the boards, the loop would be up there, but I'd have to reach on the top to grab it and then put my hook through it or whatever it was. But it was fantastic. For $3, I started to test my idea. I realized, okay, the idea is great. I don't like the execution of it because I don't want to have to lay on the ground, put it up through the boards, grab it, and do that. So that led me to my next one and to my next Mm -hmm. one. So I put spikes on it and then the next one. Mm -hmm. Uh, But to answer your question, I think it was like my fifth or sixth, I did reach out to a welder to make me the version that I had in my mind. And the guy, you know, nice guy, but he's like, oh, I can probably get to it in a week. And then a week went by and he's like, yeah, you know, I'm busy. I could probably get it into another week. And I'm like, that's dumb. Mm -hmm. I went down, I spent, I think I spent a little more, you know, whatever it was, 500 bucks Mm -hmm. on a nice welding setup because I kind of wanted to learn anyway. Mm -hmm. I made a piece of garbage looking (laughs) uh, prototype, but it worked like a champ and that's all that mattered. Yeah. 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 Proving the concept to yourself. Yeah. You are your biggest enemy in this. So when you're building prototypes like that, uh, I know for me personally, you're thinking, Grant, what are you doing with your Saturday? You should be on, you know, playing with the kids. You could be watching a baseball game. Why are you in the garage on a Saturday? Like Susie Homemaker sewing together straps. Yeah, You are your own worst enemy in that. And you created a prototype that you know was a piece of crap, but you also know it's not always going to be a piece of crap. Oh, 100%. And it's important to stay very, very positive and persistent when you're on this process. Mm -hmm. Because if you listen to this podcast long enough, you're going to see that it's going to click. And there is definitely uh, light at the end of the tunnel, a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, if you will. And when you're in those early stages and your wife's like, what are you doing again in the garage, sweetie? (laughs) Oh, that's nice. Uh, You know, that's, it's the funnest part, but it's it's the toughest part too. Proving the concept to yourself and not feeling like a phony, an imposter. We live in a great time, don't we? With Amazon, uh, social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, you name it. Anybody can develop a product Mm -hmm. on their phone Mm -hmm. with their thumbs, source. I don't care if you source from Alibaba, whatever, because Alibaba is cheap. You know, you Mm -hmm. can go larger routes and we'll get into that in later episodes. And just like prototyping, I think Mm -hmm. we'll hit that hard in Mm -hmm. episode three. But look, the world is your oyster mm-hmm. and you can do anything. And I, my, my initial investment into my company was, I think, I convinced my wife to budget me 3500 bucks, mm-hmm. And that was enough to get the sewing machine, some, some junk, and make a bulk order on Alibaba. And what, uh, how many, uh, I, I think I went through uh, 10, maybe 10 versions before I settled on one that I'm actually took to manufacturing. How many versions of your strap did you make, do you think, before you really liked it? Well, I had the luxury, because it was a strap, it didn't require molds uh, from a factory, tooling, Mm -hmm. none of that. It's textiles. Mm -hmm. So I just hit the market right away. Mm -hmm. And to answer your question, my first version actually was just a butchered bungee cord Mm -hmm. uh, integrated into a pole strap with this, that, and the other. And... um, Friends and family bought that. It ended up being probably five or six versions before I landed on the the design I'm at now, which I have deemed the most efficient and cost-effective and um, 
effective in the field that I can get out of it right now. Yeah. And done is better than perfect. Yeah. There will be room for improvement always. Yeah. Always. But well, that actually brings up that that was a point I was going to make. It's jumping the gun a little bit for, you know, people, people aren't quite getting products out to market yet in our, in our series of where we're at, but done is better than perfect. Heck yeah. And I don't know how many times people who knew a lot more than me said, just get it out there. And you're like, but I, I don't like the, this, this, this and is this. Way off. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter. You, you, you think you're going to have it perfect. You're going to get it out there and five people are going to use it. And they're going to be like, oh, this, 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 and this. And you're like, I didn't even, I don't, okay, let's make it better for the next round. So don't be afraid yeah. and don't, don't let it sit in your garage for a hundred years thinking you need to keep making it better and better and better. Get it out there. Let people tell you what to make better. Don't just think you need to have all the answers right now. Yeah. There was a line in some John Dillinger movie, would you rather be a dead coward or a live hero? Right. And it, that's kind of like the difference between a guy who's had a great idea and never executed on it. Yep. You're basically a, a, a live live coward or I don't know. I, just, I don't know where <laughs> that, I was. That was a horrible yeah. comparison. <laughs> yes. So, I don't want to be a dead cowboy. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to be really good for great analogies. You're going to come to find that. So <laughs> yeah. write that down, folks. Uh, but seriously, you're right. It's it's the difference between um, being a perfectionist. Yeah. You don't have any place. I love being precise and yep. making good products. Yes. Perfect does not exist. No. Beat that into your skull. Yeah. And you, you brought up another good point I, I wanted to... You said, oh, I just went and bought some straps or could I go buy some straps, chop them up and do whatever. That is one of my favorite ways to prototype things. Yeah, is let's you know I, I know you love the the double ended toothbrush analogy. <laughs> we'll get into that <laughs> yeah, next we'll episode. That next episode, <laughs> but let, let's just use that real quick. So let's say you have an idea for a double ended toothbrush, and you're like, okay, so there's a toothbrush exists. You've you've checked the market. Don't reinvent the wheel as far as your prototyping goes. You want to talk cheap? Go and buy a one dollar or buy two one dollar toothbrushes cut it in half, turn it around, stick them together, super glue or glue it, and you've got your prototype. Yeah. Right? So yeah. at least at least chop shop the heck out of whatever exists, and that's already going to save you brain power and having to create something from scratch. Right. Yeah. So, and yeah. So you have an idea, right? That's yeah. the theme of the episode, mm-hmm. and you just triggered something. So for our listeners who are like, uh, okay, but I, I have an idea. What What's next? It, a lot of what we're talking about is what, to do and a lot of what not to do, but mm-hmm. it's all relevant, right? It's mm-hmm. all going to, eventually, if you listen enough, it's going to push you in the right direction. Like, oh yeah, they tried this and that didn't work. Thank God they took that hit so I don't have to. Mm-hmm. But uh, going to what you're saying, gluing some some uh, toothbrushes together. Look, verbally telling someone your idea is worth diddly squat. Right. Anything you can do. Um, I don't have AutoCAD experience, but I found the Keynote program on my Mac to be so useful. You yeah. can draw with with just drawing straight and curved lines. Mm-hmm. You can create full blown, accurate drawings with dimensions uh, that are good enough for a manufacturer to translate. And say, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. We can whip this up. And so make good drawings. Yes. It doesn't cost anything but a couple days of getting to know that computer. Yep. Yeah, some of you saying the computer. I was one of those guys. You know, I didn't have the internet when I was in my 20s. I was just working construction, doing whatever. I learned it all. Yeah. And anybody can. And secondly, 
Yeah, a prototype. Because when you go to anybody, what you need the backing of your significant other, mm-hmm. your parents, whomever. You gotta show them something. Oh, you absolutely do. Talking people, out people loud, can't visualize. Makes, yeah, talking out loud just makes you an a hole. Because <laughs> I invented the the iPhone ten, then they then they came out with it, and I was like, oh man, you know. Like, <laughs> I hear that a lot. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, I, I had that idea 10 years ago. Oh, I get it every day. All the, all day long. It, the number of people that have invented Torque Strap? Yeah. Oh, man. Those those guys must be loaded. Oh, wait. They didn't do it. So what, that, that's that's a funny joke, actually. What what is that, has that led you to, um, are you comfortable telling people if they're like, oh, am I nervous to tell you my idea? <laughs> am I comfortable telling people yeah. my idea? Absolutely. Why? You're not going to do it. There you go. I'll give you one right now. Here's a yeah. freebie for the yeah. audience. I Last night, I was, I, I took over doing laundry for my wife. She's like seven months pregnant now. So I had to do something. Yeah. You know? uh, so I'm doing laundry and I'm emptying the dryer. It's not the first time I've done it, but I'm pulling off the lint screen and I'm cleaning off the lint screen. Dust goes flying. And, and now you're trying to push it into the trash can. Dust is yeah. pluming from the trash can. The whole laundry room is just a big dust pile. And don't get me started between the machines. So I thought, why not a wall-mounted vacuum, battery or hardwired, I don't care, with a 10-foot hose ready to go. You don't take the lint screen out. You bring the vacuum to the lint screen. Clean it right there. No muss, no fuss, no dust. You can, whatever camera, we're right here. (laughs) You can have that idea. It's not in my scope. It's not in my realm. Maybe one episode will break down how exactly that invention would go sure. from beginning to end. Sure. That'd be kind of fun. But to answer your question, that's why I'm not worried about telling people on my idea. Yeah. I have a three-year head start on you guys. Yeah. And you have to have the confidence. I'm not being cocky. You as a person, it's important to have the confidence that no one can do it better than you. Can somebody do it better than me? Absolutely. Sure. But no one believes in my product like I do. Right. And that shows in your work. And, and I mean, for those people out there who think, oh, I have an idea and it's the greatest idea ever and I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to be a millionaire. Um, does it work like that? No. Okay. And what did you do? Like in your case, you had a normal nine to five or, or 12 hour job, whatever you had. Yeah. And what did you do with, oh, I have this strap idea. How did you start prototyping that uh, on the side of what you did? Work that into yeah. my life. Sure. Well, it started with Saturdays, like I said earlier, rather than sitting around watching whatever reality show garbage my wife and I were into that day. Yeah. I set aside a couple hours after mowing the lawn to do some piddly diddly stuff. And then I got inspired. Mm -hmm. And then I showed my wife the prototype and it worked in Mm -hmm. the back of the truck. And then she was kind of on board. I, she had no idea when I verbally told her, but when I showed her, she liked it. Mm-hmm. That really energized me. You know, I'm really dependent on on my wife's input because I respect it. Mm-hmm. And we all have that role model or that figure that 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 helps us move along. So you got to identify with that person. And then from there, as far as the schedule goes, once you catch fire, you will make time in every nook and cranny of the day. Yep. So I had a lunch break. I worked for LA County for a long time. Let's be honest. I didn't have a lot to do in the afternoons. Mm -hmm. And so I would use that lunch break and I would learn on YouTube. And then at night I would, um, I spent the nights with the family. That was really important to me. 
but I would go to bed right when my daughter went to bed mm-hmm. at seven at night. My wife couldn't stand it. She was watching <laughs> Desperate Housewives alone. <laughs> right. And I would wake up at three in the morning. Yeah. Eventually. At first yeah. it was five in the morning, then four. And then I'm so energized. I need even more time. I started, I actually started waking up at two 30 in the morning for like a six month period. Mm-hmm. And you, you guys don't have to kill yourself like I did, but if you're energized, it's not killing yourself. It, right. And yeah, I just got used to, okay, I had a one-year-old daughter. This is my quiet time. Mm-hmm. And I used that time. And within a year and a half, two years, well, I started selling right away, but it really started to gain traction. Yeah, Hitting that schedule, that regiment got me really quick in a year and a half. Yeah. So the, the realism behind that is you have a good idea and, and something that you believed in. You started prototyping. You didn't make a change to your normal life because that's just silly for all you out there. Don't, and I mean, unless you have something way greater than we know of, just do it as a side, make it, make it as put as much time in it as you can until it becomes the main thing. And I think that's happened for you. Like there was one switch point where you're like, Oh man, I'm making more money this week from my straps than I, I am from my normal job. Right. Yeah. 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 You'll find that teetering point. Yeah. And that's when you'll know uh you're at that sink or swim place, that fight or flight, whatever yeah. you want to call it. And uh you you do have to make a leap of faith. But life is very long. And when you're in your forties, even fifties, you can financially ruin yourself and recover from it and still retire comfortably. Yeah. You know, don't be, don't get hung up on things like, well, I have a really strong 401k and this, that, and the other. Yes. uh, Okay. Don't blow all your money, but look, life is long and everyone has a lot of potential that they're not tapping into. Don't you have some stupid dog nail story? Was I saving that for episode two? I can't remember. I thought the dog nails. Dog, no. oh. oh, yeah. No, that's right. Okay. The dog nails story. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's not stupid. I just called it stupid. All right. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll do the dog nail story. Here we go. I got I to gotta cue up my music for that okay. because I had the sound effect. Well, while, while you're doing that, I just want to let people know that, um, you know, if you're nervous about telling people your idea, the people who are around you, family and friends, you don't have to be nervous. People won't have the... I mean... It, I had a what I considered a great idea. It took me two years to bring it to, to something that was serious. And unless people have a crazy drive and resources, they're not going to swoop up your idea in a heartbeat. If you are talking to people who could do that, like let's say, which is this is for a future podcast and further down the run. But if you're going to be talking to manufacturers or distributors or those type of people, it's always smart to get an NDA. Just that you can find those online, like a, a blanket NDA. Or they're going to have portals that you can submit your work through, which protect you both. So, um, you know, share your idea with whoever around you to, to start getting feedback, but don't be afraid. Are you done yet? I am. Tell us your stupid story. All right. So it's a hot summer day out in the West. And a guy is walking and he's really thirsty. He stops at a saloon to get a drink of milk. And he steps onto the deck of the saloon and he sees a dog lying off to the side underneath the window. And the dog's just hollering out in pain. So he walks inside, gets himself a glass of milk. And he says to the bartender, what's up with the dog outside? Bartender says, oh, he's laying on a nail. And the guy says, oh, why doesn't he just get up? Bartender says, I don't know. I guess it just doesn't hurt bad enough. Mm. You want to know why I like that story? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I, thanks for asking. I was that dog laying on that yeah. nail. And the nail didn't hurt bad enough 
which was my salary. Mm. That made it not hurt quite bad enough. Right. I'll bring down the crickets now. <laughs> yeah. And I think a lot of people out there, this is episode one, we're launching the podcast. You've yeah. got an idea. You got to get off your butt and off that nail and start to push for it. And so, yeah, what a valuable story. So many of us, we come home from work and we're not in the best mood and uh, we, we're just not pleasant to be around, mm -hmm. but we're getting paid at the end of every week. So it doesn't quite hurt bad enough. You come from a different background and you still found ambition to shoot for a little bit more. I mean, you weren't working at nine to five, yeah. so to say, and freelance, having a good time, different schedule, but you found yourself wanting more. Tell me about that. Well, I mean, I, I've been fortunate to have a, such a fun mishmash of different jobs, whether it's character suit performing in commercials or whether it's building tech gadgets for science shows. Uh, part of what I do is I, I drone. Um, I'm a camera drone operator for true crime show, which is super fun. But at the end of the day, all those scenarios, you're working for someone else and you're making someone else a lot of money and you're not making, you know, like I, I do pretty well. But man, when, when you start getting into this thing and, you know, I think we're going to talk about this maybe even episode two or three, you know, people talk about, oh, you've got an idea. I want to license it or I want to, I want to become a businessman. I, I don't know anything about business. I thought that too. I'm like, I want to go into this. I don't want to deal with anything. I just want to have a good idea and let it go. First of all, it's really hard to just have an idea. Find somebody who just loves your idea, is willing to take that idea and run with it. So that led me to be like, I tell you what, I think I'm going to try the business side of it. And man, is it fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I think we'll get into that in episode yeah. two. And, but to touch on it, I'm glad you brought it up because uh, there's a lot, not a lot, there's a few people out there who it's kind of like the gold rush maybe there's not a lot of money in inventing because it's so hard to invent, mm. but there's a lot of money in convincing people. Mm -hmm. Hey, you have an idea, call this number oh, or, yeah. or we'll license, we'll, we'll get you licensed yeah. or, or people bringing up stories. Oh, I took a, I took a little napkin drawing to a trade show in Vegas and I started opening up the jacket and showing it to Jimmy and Jerry. And all of a sudden, next thing I know, I'm getting $10,000 checks. It doesn't work that it way. It doesn't. And if you made something work that way, you spent $100,000 in trade show tickets right. before you finally right. found somebody crazy enough to take your idea, your mm -hmm. I don't even care if it's a CAD drawing to a trade show, and now you're cutting licensing checks uh, every every six months. Yeah, that's We really want to demystify a lot of what's going on and tell you more in kind of story form, swapping um, war stories, yeah. you know, of what this world really looks like. And I'm not saying it's hard. I'm yeah. saying it's different than is often portrayed. It is. And we don't, we don't want to, you know, we're not pooing on, on licensing deals. There are plenty of amazing things out there. People have been very successful with it. At least from what I'd like to share is that it's our experience in those people we know who have gone through that thing that I, I know, I think five successful inventors who have products out there, they all started thinking, I'm going to license this. I, I'm going to make all this money. They went through that process and very quickly they're like, you know what? Licensing is like 4% to 7% or whatever at best. And if you put that in perspective, let's just do real quick math. Let's say your product sells $100,000 and you're getting $4,000 of that, right? So 4% of 100,000, you know, 4,000 sounds like a good amount, 
But man, if you're doing this yourself and you take that $100,000, that's a hell of a lot more money that you could be doing something with. So very quickly, it, it gives you that like, I think I could be an entrepreneur. Right. Yeah. 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 You'll, you'll, uh, you'll start to feel uh, that feeling of the inspiration to yeah. own your product really quick. And we'll, we'll totally yeah, jump into that next episode. Yeah. So you have an idea. Yeah. What now? We talked about um, your initial thoughts when you have an idea. Can I even do this? The market research. Yes. Uh, you're saying we need to get into that next? No, no, no. That That's what market research. Yeah, back you're to right. what the first that, thing that, is. Yeah. So market research, it sounds fancy, mm. but it's not. It, it's you. It, it's, it's you walking through Home Depot and it is. seeing what's on the shelves. Yeah. So you've done some research. There's nothing exactly like it. You've looked into patents. There's a few patents similar to it. And mind you, they only last for 20 years. Mm -hmm. After that, they're open source. Mm -hmm. That's not legal advice, but that's my experience. Mm -hmm. And so now you've looked at patents and okay, there's some overlap here and there, but I think I can wiggle in. And again, you only have a hundred bucks in your bank account. No one's suing you. Mm -hmm. So you've cleared those two things. You have an idea. What, what's after that? We, we talked about patenting. There's something in between. Prototyping. I, prototyping, which that's a whole episode. Sure. And you did talk, we talked about how cheap prototyping sure. can be. But what I'm trying to get to it with your permission. <laughs> <laughs> Say it. Uh, now I lost my train of thought. Uh, so market research, uh, searching patent. Um, oh, is anybody going to buy it? Oh, yeah. That's kind of market research, though. I, I feel no. like. <laughs> so what is it? No, I mean, yeah, you're right. <laughs> but let's give some examples. Yeah. I mean, uh, if I ask three people if they buy my invention and they're nice guys and they all say yes, can I bet that from now on I'll have a 100% conversion rate? 100% no, you can't. Okay, why? Yeah. Well, because that's one thing. When you talk to friends and family, you know, you get some very honest answers from people and you get some, you know, oh, it's very nice. It's nice. I mean, it's like the first couple of times we, we did some podcasting. You were always such a smart boy. <laughs> yeah, I love seeing you guys are so great together. But that doesn't, it, you know... Even if people's opinions are, are are positive or negative, don't let that deter you. Push through it. But it's really nice to find some some very neutral people to give you a proper uh, rundown on whether they think you would buy it. And what you want to do is you want to make sure, like, let's say, you know, you have somebody with straps. You don't want to take straps to your mom and say, mom, would you buy this? You want to take straps to your buddy or something who has a trailer and be like, hey, would you buy this? So if you're going to be doing market research and are you going to buy this, make sure you narrow it down to what your product scope is so you're not getting false or, or you know, no information from somebody. Right. And it's tough. It's It's really tough. I say rely on your own instinct more yeah. than anything. Mm. Do ask, but there's going to be two extremes. There's going to be, don't listen because a lot of people are going to fill your head with mud mm -hmm. and they're going to try to put it down just because they're the dog sitting on the nail too. And there's the other people who are going to say, yeah, I'd buy that. But when it comes time to pull out the wallet, they really wouldn't. Sure. So it's market research as far as your audience or your um purchasers, mm -hmm. it is very hard to nail down. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, I really think it comes down to you as an individual. I know I had a lot of blind faith in the beginning. Yep. And when I would spit out, what do you think about a flexible strap? You pull it, it's so easy to use. You just pull, blah, blah, blah. They're like, eh. Like, no one cares. Right. But when you start producing the product and you start producing videos mm -hmm. and you start getting reviews and case studies, people change their tune really quick. 
Yeah. But to get back to it, do feel out if people would buy it. Right. But if they're saying no, wonder why they're saying no. What am I saying wrong? Yeah. And what haven't I ironed out? Right. Because look, Snapchat sold us on sending each other pictures. Right. We were sending pictures before Snapchat. Right. What did they what did they do? Insert text here. Right. A, a, you know, essentially Instagram is captions under a picture with very limited words. I mean, that's you can say an that innovation ab- of pictures. You can say that about so many in Starbucks. Like coffee existed beforehand. Yeah. Right. Why did why were they successful? It's it was all how they ended up spinning things. Yeah. Right. And, and do you think the guy who invented my swivel chair pays the guy who invented the stationary chair every right. time? No, they worked <laughs> around it. Right. And you know. We're encouraged, we obviously, I, I encourage ideas. Yeah. I know you do too. Yeah. If everybody in this world thought of and executed on one idea, imagine how much awesome stuff would be in this world. Yeah. It's such an, a cool thing, right? Yeah. And if you stick with us in this podcast, you're going to see that anybody can do it. Yeah. I mean, we've proven that you and I are doing it, have done it. Anybody can do it. And what an awesome place to live this world would be. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty good amount of information for a first, for a first podcast. I mean, I think the, the, the breakdown is have your idea, put your idea down, check to see if it exists. If it does great, then you know, there's a market for it. If the exact idea exists, then, um, don't let that deter you either move forward still, or look for maybe something you can do to change it a little bit, find the in-between market. And the internet has all that stuff for you to find. I, yep. Absolutely. It's all there. It's all attainable. Listen, guys, stick with us throughout this podcast. And after a while, this stuff is going to really start to click. I promise you. Marcus just put an excellent bow tie on this episode. It's my duty to remind you to like and subscribe. Follow uh, the podcast on whatever platform you may be on. Stick with us. It's going to click. Remember, we took the punches Mm -hmm. so that you don't have to. Yep. All right, guys. Thanks again. And we'll see you on the next one.